Edited and re-recorded, this is The Addendum. Welcome to episode 137 of The Addendum. My name is Eric. The story featured in this episode is atypical for me, in that character detail is secondary to the plot. There's not much more to say other than I hope you enjoy it. Without any further delay, the story will now begin. A Splinter in Time by Keith Eric Brandt Bill sat in his car at an intersection with his foot upon the brake. The cross traffic was uncontrolled, but in the mid-morning hours it remained fairly light. A woman on a bicycle rapidly approached. She wore black spandex shorts, an electric yellow tank top, and black reading glasses. Curls of dark brown hair waved free from beneath her blue and gray helmet. With her left arm, she signaled her intent to turn onto the street where Bill waited in his vehicle. A tan car approaching from the opposite direction stopped at the uncontrolled intersection even though the driver had no reason to yield. The cyclist reduced her speed, waiting for the tan car to pass before she turned because it had the right-of-way. The tan car did not move. The woman shook her head as much to herself as she did to the opposing vehicle as she leaned into her turn. As the woman rode past Bill, she looked directly into his eyes with a flare of frustration upon her face. The moment lingered in his thoughts as he pulled into the parking lot of a gas station where he had planned to get coffee. When he returned to his car, he noticed a woman in her early 20s at one of the pumps filling the tank of a large white pickup truck. She had shoulder-length curly brown hair and glasses with black frames. It was nothing unusual except it appeared to be the same woman he had seen on the bicycle. Her face, her hair, and even her glasses were the same, except the woman filling the truck was wearing a red t-shirt and blue jeans instead of cycling shorts and a tank top. He watched her for a moment, trying to find a discrepancy that would definitively differentiate her from the other woman. Then she looked at him, and he smiled, giving a short wave with his free hand. The woman smiled back with a bit of pleasant indifference as he walked over to her. With honest and apparent curiosity, he said, Excuse me, I know this is an odd question, but do you have a twin? The woman's face twisted in mild surprise. Then she let out a delighted little laugh. She said, Of all the things I thought you might ask, that was not one of them. Bill laughed and looked down at his coffee for a moment as warmth flashed across his face. He looked back at her and said, I honestly didn't know what to say. You look identical to a woman I saw earlier, right down to your hair and glasses. The corner of the woman's mouth curled gently upwards. She said, Were you over at Trainer Labs? I do genetic research over there. Bill said, No, actually I'm heading to campus right now. This was only a few blocks from here, but she was dressed different and riding a bike. The woman appeared genuinely amused by the inquiry. She said, I haven't ridden a bike in years. Her eyes grew a bit coy as she spoke. Was there anything in particular you wanted to ask this woman? 
She raised an eyebrow and gently tilted her head before saying, like what her name might be? The question confused Bill for a moment, and then he blushed again. He quickly said, my name is Bill. He extended his hand. I'm in the particle lab at the Dieter building. The woman shook his hand with a soft but firm grip. She said, my name is Etta. Has this approach ever worked for you, or are you still refining it? Bill looked into her radiant brown eyes and sheepishly said, It was an honest question. Then he added, Why? Is it working? The pump handle clicked, indicating the tank was full, and Etta put the hose back on its hook. Maybe, she said as she opened the truck door and climbed inside. She looked back at him and said, You find those particles interesting? Bill said, They can be. Depends on who you ask. Etta said, I may have to drop by. She winked at him before closing her door and driving away. On his way to the university, Bill saw a woman driving a gray car who looked identical to Etta, except her hair was shorter and her glasses were different. On the next block, another woman with unwashed hair and mismatched clothes had an uncanny resemblance as well. Once he was on campus, he parked his car and headed to the Dieter building. Amid the students walking to and from their classes, there was a heavier version of her, wearing a white blouse and a long purple skirt. He caught up with her and said, Do you happen to know a grad student by the name of Etta? The woman drew back from him with a mixture of anger and fear upon her face. She said, I don't know what you are trying to do, but this is not funny. Bill raised his hands innocently, realizing he had approached her quite abruptly. He said, I apologize. You look very similar to a woman I just met, and I was wondering if you happened to know her. The woman in the purple skirt narrowed her eyes and began walking much quicker. She said, leave me alone. Bill continued to follow her. He said, I didn't mean to offend you. It's an honest question. The woman stopped and gritted her teeth. She said, I will scream if you lay one hand on me. I don't know who you are or how you got my name, but if you don't quit following me, I am reporting you to the police. Bill raised his hands again and took a step back. The woman then hurriedly walked on her way, looking back only once to make sure he remained at a distance. The interaction made him certain that it was not his imagination, but none of it made any sense. He shook his head, mulling over all of the details, trying to find a reason or a meaning for everything that had happened. As he entered the Dieter building, he bumped into an older man with a balding pate of gray hair and a dark gray beard. The bearded man politely nodded and took a backward step. He said, I know that look. Either you've seen a ghost or you've had a revelation and you need to write it down. Bill said, I'm not sure of anything right now. The bearded man smiled with an intrigued glint in his eye and said, Those are the most interesting moments, are they not? He introduced himself as Dr. Vernon. He asked Bill about his work in the department and what he was pursuing for his graduate degree. Then he said, If you have the time, why don't you join me in my lab? You can tell me all about your preoccupation. The office and lab was an open room that felt overly crowded. 
A half dozen large tables covered with paperwork filled a majority of the room. There were no windows, but in one corner farthest from the door, there was a large orange arrow on the wall behind Vernon's desk. The orange arrow pointed at the adjoining wall where the word window was painted in large black letters. Dr. Vernon patiently listened at his desk as Bill recounted events from earlier that morning. When the narrative was complete, Vernon wrinkled his eyes shut for a moment. Then, as if he were aroused from a long rest, he leaned back in his chair and drew a breath. He pointed at Bill and said, There is a time theory that proposes every choice made by an individual creates a new reality that is one of many variations of what could be. Every possible outcome has its own reality in which a different version of the individual is present. Now imagine time as a linear plane upon which all individuals are moving in the same direction. Every major decision a person makes is going to create a number of variant paths. Just like a point of impact on a pane of glass, the innumerable number of arcing paths can cross over each other. One theory believes junctures like those happen when major events in the parallel realities coincide with one another. However, the moments in which that occurs is typically for only a very brief period of time before the divergent realities return to their independent timelines. Bill said, but why is there all of this crossover happening now and why am I a part of it? Vernon chuckled and shrugged impishly. He said, It's all theoretical. Maybe there is a major decision she or somebody else is going to make sometime soon. And like a point of impact on a plane of broken glass, it converges with many of the nearby arcing paths. The doctor raised his hands in a weak admission. It could be an anomaly. Hypothetically, anything is possible. Time could continue to fragment, causing more overlap to happen more frequently. There is really no way to know. All we have is conjecture. After the genial conversation concluded, Bill left the laboratory feeling no better and maybe even a bit worse than he had before. In the hallway, he saw Etta again. She was wearing a red shirt and blue jeans. With a coy smile, she said, Hey, there you are. Bill had never realized before how nice it was to have a familiar face recognize him. With relief, he said, What are you doing here? Etta said, You mentioned your work could be interesting. I wanted to learn more about what you were doing. Bill said, I've got one better than that. Right after I saw you, I met another woman with your name who looks a bit like you as well, just like the other one did. Etta crossed her arms and her face pinched with doubt. She averted her eyes for a moment as if she were searching within herself for an answer. Then she looked back at him and said, Please tell me coming over here was not a mistake. Bill's tone was wet with genuine urgency. He said, It all has to do with fractured bits of time and alternate realities. Then he thought about what he had said. He pointed back at the lab he had just emerged from. Dr. Vernon can explain it better than I can. He took her hand in his and said, Trust me. When they entered the room, everything appeared to be the same, except there was no orange arrow or black paint upon the wall. A large bank of windows was in their place. Vernon was at his desk, 
working on calculations in a notebook. He looked up at them and said, May I help you? Bill said, Sorry to bother you again so soon. This is Etta, the woman I was telling you about. A look of curious confusion played across the doctor's face. Then he stood and walked over to greet them. He said, You'll have to forgive me. Who are you? Bill said, I know this is going to be odd, but we talked about alternate timelines and parallel realities. This room is a little different, but I was hoping you would be the same person I spoke with before. The doctor folded his arms with evident concern upon his face. He let out a breath and said, How long ago was this? Etta said, I just saw him come out of this room. It couldn't have been more than a couple of minutes ago. Bill recounted the conversation as best he could in addition to detailing the events of his morning. With keen interest, Vernon said, If this is true, and there's no way for me to know other than the information you have provided, it sounds like you are blurring over into other realities instead of just witnessing moments of overlap. Bill said, How is that even possible? Vernon said, it could be happening if there is a major pivotal choice to be made in your life that you have not yet acted upon. As a result, you are drifting back and forth across dimensions. The majority of the time, you are not going to notice the subtle differences. But in this case, you are exposed to a number of variations you could identify. If you continue to waver through these boundaries, you could drift past the realm of possibilities and into a kind of nowhere existence. Etta said, That's incredible. Bill looked at her with horror and then back at the doctor. He said, That is insane. But more importantly, how do I stop it? The doctor said, one way to prevent it is to find out what the pivotal decision is and to act upon it in a way that has a favorable outcome for you. Etta said, but how does he figure out what it is that he needs to do? The doctor gave a questioning shrug and said, that's the problem. Choosing a career path is a fairly evident choice that will have long-term effects. At the same time, there are other choices that may appear insignificant when in reality they are not, like whether or not an individual will go to a movie on a particular evening. Let's say if the individual does go, they end up meeting someone who offers them a life-changing opportunity they would not have if they did not go to that particular movie on that particular night in that particular theater. Bill said, so there's no way to know and I could end up aimlessly drifting off into oblivion? Dr. Vernon said, An alternate plan of action could be to find an individual on one of these variant planes of existence and to make decisions together with them that will affect both individuals. Pairing up and making decisions together generally has a reinforcing effect upon all parties that are involved. The more decisions that are made together will strengthen the bond between the two and determine a more clear-cut path for both individuals. Bill thanked the doctor and added that he hoped they would have an opportunity to talk again at some future date. In the hallway, Etta turned to Bill. She said, What are you going to do? Bill shook his head and said, I don't know. I'm still sorting it all out. I don't suppose you would let me buy you a cup of coffee so we can talk about it. Etta smiled and said, Yes, I would like that. 
That's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you for downloading and listening. Until next time, this has been The Addendum.